Hey everybody, just a quick note before we get started. First off, this is a two-part episode, so if you haven't heard part one, I strongly suggest that you go listen to that one first. Uh, by way of doing a little recap before we get started, we're going through the steps to reinvention. Number one of those steps is forgiveness. Releasing attachments, attachments to the way that we've been in the past, attachments to the ideas that we have for the future, attachments to any ideas that we might have of entitlement. Number two is grieving, grieving for how you've been and how sad that may be that you were that way, and uh, also grieving for who you were and how you'll actually miss that part of yourself. Number three, acceptance. And acceptance here includes self-love and also humility. Number four, which we're currently exploring, is courage. Acknowledging fear and acting anyway. We're right in the middle of that step. Enjoy the show and much love. I I love these steps, by the way. Like each one resonates. I'm kind of like checking them off in some of the process that I moved through. Um, And just to touch on this briefly again, because we've talked about it in prior podcasts, but the thing that scared me most when I was down and out yeah. was, was actually being seen because I felt like a failure. I felt like I had it all and I blew it and I had my shot and that was it. And I'm condemning myself to, you know, living in my parents' basement for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And you remember the story. I applied and was accepted to speak at this conference in Singapore and somehow talked this poor conference director into putting me up on stage to be the keynote speaker of his event. And in the months leading up to that, I experienced discomfort like you cannot believe. Like I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't really eating. There were these points where I felt like I couldn't breathe. I learned later those were panic attacks. And this is happening weeks before I'm supposed to be on the stage. And I remember getting on the plane, just drenched in sweat because of how scared I was. I knew what was coming. And, you know, thankfully I had my sister, her name's Haviland, who I still wouldn't be doing this without. She came with me to Singapore, supported me every step of the way. And eventually I did stand on that stage and I, I thought I totally bombed, but it turned out well enough that it's become... Uh, really my path forward. It's become a large part of my career. And the important part of courage, I, I think not just for me, but for all of us, and this is medicine that I take myself, is making commitments in ways where there's no going back. Mm-hmm. Committing to being on the stage or doing that thing that scares you because without commitments, it is just far too easy to fall back into all the reasons and excuses and why it's crazy and why you shouldn't do that and why you need to put it off to next year or the next decade or whatever it is. It's those commitments that help true us up to be able to bring that courage forward in the moments that we need it most. And when we think about courage, it's it's not just like, oh, I'm going to be courageous in that moment. It's making sure that you've got the structures in place to get you to that moment to begin with. And having those people, again, the people around you, they're going to get you there. In your book, you talk about tattooing yourself, right? And you yeah, get this metaphor of like, okay, you know, it doesn't have to be an actual tattoo, you know, uh, but like a tattoo where you tell everybody, I'm, hey, I'm going to run this marathon on, you know, June 13th. And, uh, I'm going to do it and and just keep talking about it. And then all those people, 
you know are going to support you and also they're going to be like dude what happened to the fucking marathon if you don't yeah <laughs> run it you know you you stake your reputation on the commitment that you have made yeah and that's an act of courage and then i think you know what you're pointed to um is that 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 constantly creates a truing myself up to well i said i was going to do it so i can either show up and limp through the marathon or i can show up and run that sucker yeah um uh so that's really great yeah yeah the courage to commit is really the first step and i get it. it it's hard to commit especially in ways bigger than we already know we can do you know like it's easy to say i can run half a mile tomorrow but saying i'm gonna run a marathon in two months that's a little bit scarier i'm not quite sure i can do that but what's cool is we're we're our physiology, our biology, psychology is built to function that way. And mm-hmm. when we commit, specifically in ways beyond what we know we already can do, it actually retunes this mechanism in our brain called the reticular activating system, RAS or RAS oh, yeah. for short. The RAS, the RAS. I'm yeah, the RAS. It. It's, it's like <laughs> this um, bouncer between our unconscious and our conscious mind. And Ooh, without like the, the bouncer with, between our conscious and our unconscious mind. Okay. Right. So like everything that we're thinking or feeling or, or touching or tasting, it's servicing to our conscious mind. Hey, here are the important things. It, mm-hmm. It's why, for example, I, you know, I moved to Colorado from Los Angeles several years ago and the sedan that I had was highly unequipped for the Denver winters. Uh-huh. And so I buy this new SUV, and as soon as I buy it, I see it everywhere. Has that happened right. to you before? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But right. For sure. So, so that's the Raz, right? Like I've committed uh-huh. to the car. I've told my unconscious mind that this is important, and so now it's surfacing to my conscious mind. Those cars were always there. I just only started noticing. Mm-hmm. Now, before we commit, that Raz is auto-tuned for survival. It's looking back into the past and telling you why you can't, why you shouldn't, why it'll be embarrassing, why it's quote unquote impossible and leaving you seeing all the reasons and excuses is valid. Mm -hmm. When you commit, it retunes that RAS to look for new openings for action. Just like me seeing all my same cars on the road that I just bought. You will now see new pathways forward, new opportunities, new connections, new relationships. You will literally see things in a different way. And it takes that courage to make a commitment to be able to do it. Yeah, that's great. That's really beautiful. And it's also, I mean, it's a very visceral example of like you have to retrain your brain. I mean, literally, that's what you're doing, which kind of moves us also from courage into our next step, which is accountability, which we already sort of talked about as well, right? Yeah. Being accountable, creating a situation of accountability, either with friends or colleagues or whatever, uh, putting a tattoo up there and saying, look, this is who I'm going to be. This is what I'm going to do. Yeah. Uh, and keep talking about it. Keep dialoguing about it because the old survivalistic part of our brain is just going to want to keep going back to the way that it was. It's going to want to keep feeding that fire. Yeah. So creating an accountability network where it's like, okay, I know, man, I know that I have friends that they know they, they have commitments. Um, yeah. Let me see if I can 
because confidentiality, but I can because I'm not going to say who they are. I have a couple of friends who are going through some stuff in their relationships with their wives. Yeah. And we've had extensive conversations about it. And they're committed to making it work. They're committed to reinventing and recreating their relationship with that person. And they know, they know they can call me anytime, day or night. And also that I will check in with them. Mm -hmm. Hey, how's it going? And then if we need to have a conversation, they know that I'll be there for them because I've, I'm, I've given them my word that I will help them be accountable to that commitment. Yeah. And so, so accountability is such a critical piece of that puzzle. And, and as you're saying with, you know, it's, it's literally how we retrain the brain because it's constantly going to want to go back and go back and go back to the way that it was, you know, we are creatures of habit. Yeah. Literally we have neural pathways in our brains, little rivers in our minds that in our, in our actual brains that are used to going this way. And now we're trying to go, no, 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 go this way. We want the energy to flow this way on a different, smaller path, a a smaller ravine that we're trying to create. And we have to like force the energy, the water to go down this ravine and abandon the other one. Yeah. And part of the way that we do that is through accountability, through having people who are going to constantly just be like, true us up. Oh, this was, this was what you committed to. Look at you. You're going back to how you were before. Yeah. And being able to kind of laugh about that and, and move forward. Yeah. Yeah. What I'm about to say might be a little inflammatory for some people, but I don't think self accountability is enough. It's just not. Yeah, agreed. Back to nobody does it alone. I think self accountability is great, but for the things that you're already doing, I'm already going Mm -hmm. to the gym six days a week. I don't need to be accountable to you for that. I'm I'm already doing that. Right. But when we're looking to reinvent, we're looking to transform, we're looking to become something greater. We need that external accountability because our minds, to your point are just pre-programmed to powerfully not do that thing. Yes. It, it's it's going to just draw you back into what always has been. And when mm-hmm. you've got that accountability, you know, the, the research is insane. When you've got external accountability, which means a specific deliverable, specific day, specific time with a specific person, where you say, I will blank, you're 95% more likely to achieve that thing. And when you develop it within a culture or a family or a community, nearly four times as likely to achieve that thing. Like accountability hmm. is is the sauce. It's the ground that hmm. transformation reinvention takes place on. Yeah, that's great. That's really great. Those are really interesting facts. Yeah, and one of the things about being accountable and creating accountability is an agreement to be ruthless. Yeah. I mean, you got to be ruthless. You got to be ruthlessly honest with the other person and with yourself, because part of what can happen uh, with your accountability group or your accountability buddy, especially if it's just one person, it's Mm -hmm. like, like you say, it's you're way more likely if it's your family. So there's a, a group of people. It's not just one guy. What can often happen. And I know like, I, look, I have a good friend of mine, brother of mine, we've been friends for years, my buddy CJ. And, and there were so many times where I tried to help him get me to quit smoking. Hmm. And then I would just start smoking again. Now that was the rabbit hole of addiction. There were a lot of things there, but he would just let it slide and I would let it slide and we would let each other slide. And it was like, eh, you know, okay, fine. You know, I finally did conquer it. By the way, he was 
helpful in that process for sure. And he's super supportive and he's somebody I can count on, you know, but because of the fact that I wasn't being ruthless with myself and, uh, uh, you know, and I just sort of let myself slide and then, you know, it's like I created it. So like, well, either we're going to be friends and you're going to be okay with the fact that I'm not doing what I said I was going to do yeah, or what, or what, I don't know. Like there's part of the thing that, that erodes our ability to like really commit and, and recreate is not being ruthless, not having that standard of like, okay, are you sure you want to do this? Like, even yeah. when you set it up, are you sure you want to do this? Cause I'm really going to hold you account. I'm not going to let you slide. Yeah. And you can, by the way, you can, you can recommit to something else or you can give up this dream and you could say, you know what? I no longer want to be that person. Yeah. My new word is this. I'm going to honor my word this way. But from the get go, creating it from a ruthless perspective, like this is how it's going to go. And I want you to hold me account and whatever you want me to hold you account to, I will be ruthless with you as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it's important where we're standing when we're holding somebody accountable. Um, I, I don't know about you, but sometimes I can like fall into this mode of like, you're bad and wrong for not doing the thing. And that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. It's accountability from a standpoint of, of love and support. And yeah. like, I know how hard this thing is. And because I am as committed to you as I am, maybe more committed to the goal or dream that you have than you are at the moment. That's where I'm standing. That's why I'm having this conversation. It's for you. It's not because you're bad and wrong. It's because there's greater potential to be realized. Yeah. And you have expressed that you want to tap into that greater potential. Exactly. Yeah. That's a really, that's a really good point. Cause you don't want to be ruthless with somebody where like, where you're like, Oh, you said you were going to do this and then you didn't do it. Right. Dumbass. Unproductive. (laughs) <laughs> yeah that that's not going to get you anywhere and you probably lose the friendship that you had with right. the person or you or you might that's yeah. not coming from love uh right. and that's not you know really and also in those instances and this is important in terms of accountability and, mm. and you pointed to this a little bit earlier like people just really want to be seen and heard yeah. if somebody's struggling and they're having a breakdown get where they're coming from with the breakdown This is something I I was going to mention earlier, which I've said before, but I'm going to say it again because I need to remind myself about it (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) to continue the healthy relationship that I have with my wife and other people. Uh, You know, if somebody's in a breakdown, it's really important to just get them in where they are in the breakdown. You know, my wife will sometimes come to me and she's just like, oh, my God, I feel so, so overwhelmed right now. Mm-hmm. Like, this is just too much. I can't do my job because of this and that. And they're legitimate, valid reasons that she's giving. Yep. It's not like she's like, I don't feel like it. No, it's not that. She doesn't have the resources that she needs to accomplish what she's being asked to accomplish. Yeah. And uh, when I say to her, well, you could do this, this, this and this, she gets upset. Yeah. All she wants to hear is uh, I get that you're overwhelmed right now. I really get how challenging this is for you. And I'm I'm sorry that you're going through that. Yeah. And then if I just keep my mouth shut, she's like, wow, okay, thank you. You know, then she can start to create, oh, well, this is what I'm gonna do, you know, and I can I then we can now we're in a dialogue about solutions. But if I don't get the breakdown and just come from love with that, mm-hmm. you know, um, there's no movement and it's just going to create more friction and we're going to be, then we're going to be in a fight and I don't know why we're in a fight. And I, you know what I mean? 
yeah. that happens all the time. I mean, not all the time, less so lately. Yeah. <laughs> Marriage is a progression, right? Uh, less so lately for sure. But like, but yeah, that to your point, you know, so being ruthlessly ruthless with people, but also being really compassionate for where they're at, you know, and also giving them the option. If you give them the out, Hey, if you want to recommit to something else, I'm totally down for that. Let's, let's have that conversation. Yeah. You know, you don't want to run the marathon. Okay. Well, you know, that's fine. Just either you can create that. That's not something you want to do, or you want to create something else. More often than not, if people are given the option of the chicken exit, you know, of or the recommitment, they'll they'll double down. And when they double down, they're going to have more strength and power doing it. Yeah. Because they got to a point where they're like, oh, I could give that up. But no, I'm going to I'm going to get I'm going to get into it more. There's more of a grit yeah. because of that recommitment. Totally. Totally. And, mm-hmm. and what did you learn in the breakdown or the failure or the misstep? You know, sometimes in conversations with people, I'll just ask them, like, do you just want me to listen and get where you're at? Or are we in like brainstorming, let's figure this out mode? And that one question, I think, has improved all of the relationships that I have dramatically. Just saying like, mm-hmm. what what best serves you right now? Listening, getting you or figuring this out. Oh, I'm stealing that for sure. Yeah, take All right. It. That's a good I'm I'm taking it. All right. You should take it out there, Lunacy Community. Yeah. That's great. Do you are we do you want me to just listen to you right now? Or, <laughs> or are we in like problem solving mode? Well, I, I can just I'm listen kinda, to you and get where you're I'm at. I'm kind of curious great. what the next step in reinvention is. Ah, yes. Purpose. Your why. Nice. Being clear on your why. And again, this can come at any step in the process. And maybe it starts with that. Maybe, maybe not. But be being very clear on your purpose, why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah. It's so, it's so important. Um, you know, um, my why, my why for this podcast is like, is to create harmony within myself, mm. with each other, and with the planet. Like, that's my commitment. I believe strongly against all evidence that we can rock this mother out, that we can transform the way that we treat the planet, that we can honor the earth, that we can, you know, remineralize the soil, that we can regrow the rainforests, that we can look at, you know, how we're behaving and excess and like hurting each other and figure that out. And, and that we can all be part of that, that we can all be accountable and responsible and transparent in our actions. I believe that wholeheartedly, and I won't give up that belief mm-hmm. despite evidence to the contrary and despite what everybody else says. I refuse. Yeah. I refuse. Because if I'm not saying it, who else is going to say it? I know you feel that way, too. That's why we're having this conversation. And you know, and I also recognize that, that it's something that needs to spread like a fire, like a good fire. So I know that that's my why, even though there's sometimes where I don't want to get up and do this. It's not like each week I'm like, oh, what am I, you know, I can't wait. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, no, I have to, it takes something for me to figure out who my guest is going to be and what I'm going to talk to them about. And then it takes something for me to edit the podcast together because I'm doing that myself right now, which is fine. It's great. Yeah. Uh, You know, it takes something. Um, So my purpose, my why, even like, I'll give you another example. Um, this this week on Thursday, I'm shooting a music video for my next song release, yeah. which is a song called Blame, which I 
I love this song. Mm. I love this. It's a great song. I mean, it's a great song. And really, you know, I was listening to Rick Rubin the other day and he was saying, um, you know, you don't, don't make music for the audience, make music for yourself. Mm -hmm. And then if you really like it and you think it's great, you did it good. And then probably they'll like it because of the fact that you liked it because you did it for yourself. This song, I love this song. It's great. I mean, I love all the songs that I've released. I really do. Um, and, and this one's really interesting. And, you know, I, I, I was mentioning to you and the video is not out yet, but basically, you know, I have to hire actors, right? Yeah. I have to, I'm hiring somebody to play different parts. And then there's going to be like, I'm telling a story with this one. It's a story that's frankly, like rather embarrassing. I mean, yeah. embarrassing. I am playing the part of somebody who's blaming everybody Yeah. in the, in the video. Right. Uh, I'm not going to look good. You know, I'm also playing the guy who's singing the song. So that's, that's cool. But the point is like going through the casting process. Like I was just thinking about it yesterday and I was like, man, why I really hope this is good. Cause if it's not good, it's going to be really bad. <laughs> and then I was like, and, and I've got all of these people who were, you know, I put out a casting 1200 people responded to the casting. Wow. Amazing. People want to work in LA yeah. right now. Um, and so, and then I'm like, you know, can I make this work? And then I was like, it was like, I was meditating when I was having these thoughts and, and, and all of a sudden the whole song came to mind and I was like, Oh no, no, this is why you wrote this song. Mm. This is the medicine of this song. This is why it's important, like to get people to really be responsible for themselves, start, stop pointing the finger at everybody else and express the angst that you have about witnessing that all the time. Mm hmm. Uh, when, when you're not doing that, you know, then you see people, other people doing it. It's like, I have compassion, but there's also a part of me that's just like, fucking, there's no power there. You don't have any power in pointing the finger at other people. The only power you have is in taking responsibility for yourself right. and your actions. That's the only place that power exists. And I'm sorry that you're in this place, but my God, you're just playing that fucking record on repeat. And I have to sit here and watch it. And it sucks. Yeah. <clears throat> so I had to get really clear on that. And then I was like, okay, now I get it. Now I'm willing to put it, throw it down. Now I'm willing to do the acting that I need to do and do the casting that I need to do and call forth the people that I'm calling and explain to them what I'm up to so that they can be invested in the story. So we have the best opportunity of creating something great Yeah. in this video. But it was like me getting clear on my why was what enabled me to take the actions that I needed to take. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I think is important with purpose is that it transcends the tactic. It's something that's important to you at a visceral level beyond the medium that you're expressing it. You know, for example, you talk about improving the world is important to you. Well, that's important to you, period. That's not just important mm -hmm. to you with the podcast. And I, I think when right. we can connect to purpose that transcends the tactic, it gives us power to move and adjust and shift and to pivot and to reinvent in ways that let us shed what's not working about the current tactics we're pursuing to achieve something that's going to take us closer to realizing that purpose. And yeah. purpose is not an intellectual function. Yeah, you know, I, I think I got lost in that years ago where everybody's got these quizzes online of like answer these 10 questions and find your purpose, find your why. And all you get at the end of those 10 questions or whatever it is, is information. Mm -hmm. And purpose is not information. 
It's something that yeah. falls from within you. It's something that uh, comes forth from your heart. It's something that you want deeply to bring forth in the world. And when you connect with the state of purpose, right? Like you shift into that purpose. I think people from moving from that place are just unstoppable. Like they can do anything. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. That's right. I, that's absolutely correct. I, I mean, and it's also, you know, having purpose to your point is it allows you to be strategic so that as yeah. you, you know, as you say, you can transcend the tactic, then you can be like, oh, okay, this isn't working. What else could I do? That's really going to achieve that goal. And, and the more that we keep drilling down into our why, like why it's important, why, why is harmony important to the world? Yeah. I mean, boy, I can tell you just when I look at all kinds of things, particularly now, um, what's going on and different places where we've been duped yeah. um, as the American public, which that's another podcast, but wow, we have been duped on some stuff and there's a lot of corruption going on all over the place. Yeah. Uh, you know, harmony. Well then that's why harmony. That's why accountability. That's why transparency. That's why, that's why I got to speak up because otherwise that'll just, it'll just keep going the way that it goes, you know, the more like if, if you, when you really find your why it's a never ending, um, uh, it's a, like a never ending gold mine really, you know, with that you can keep going down. There's never, there's never going to be <laughs> yeah. a point where I'm like, Oh, okay. We reached the, we reached the harmony part. That's it. We're done. You know, it's like an, <laughs> yeah. it's an, it's an active thing. Right. Yeah. And I, uh, I think that purpose is intrinsic in us. Mm -hmm. I think it, it's really a process of letting go of things that are not that. I actually just yeah. wrote a blog about um, balloons. You know, my friends in Turkey watching all those hot air balloons take off from the rooftop of these beautiful hotels, looking out over all these fairy chimneys. And yeah, I'm sure you've seen pictures, like hundreds of balloons yeah. rising in the distance. And I think that's a pretty good analogy for all of us. Like we want to naturally rise. There's a purpose, mm -hmm. a calling. There's something in us that naturally, authentically just rises. It's more a matter of breaking those tethers of limiting beliefs and self-doubts and things we've convinced ourselves of that aren't true. It's, it's cutting those ties that brings that purpose forward. And I think about it as like unleashing it on the world. And it's also something that, I mean, it, it's sort of like a fire that burns so hot that it burns away all the other threats. Exactly. Of that's, a, that's the rising from the ashes. Like, do the burn. Yeah. Do the work. Yeah. And let it rise. Yeah. Yeah. And coming back to that analogy, I mean, I think, you know, with, with all of this, um, you know, it's important reinvention, the, the whole thing. It's like the grieving, the looking at the fire that we've been burning before, you know. I I, yeah. I I was at a, a men's group retreat kind of thing last weekend that was really really amazing and we were all sharing around the the fire and 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 one of the guys I was with was like you know you know what I'm really taking away from this is like I can look at the fire that I've been burning from the past and I can take an ember from that fire and I can add it to a different fire and start that fire 
which acknowledges this other person that I've been, the other fire that I've been feeding in my life, mm. or I can keep feeding the fire that I've been feeding before. I can keep going down that same road that I've been going down over and over again. I can keep being the sad sack that I've been. Yeah. I didn't put it like that. Yeah. But really, like for me personally, it's like it's like that. I can keep being a victim of my own reality, or I can start a new fire where I see my purpose. And the, the purpose part is really the ember that I feel like, mm. you know, I'm taking from the old fire and putting into the new fire. Okay. I see how, and also by the way, you know, if I look at my life, I can see, oh, that's, you know, even with my mistakes and my missteps and where I've messed up in the past, I can see that there's part of me that always wanted this harmony that always wanted to create harmony for myself yeah. with myself and with other people, with the planet. I can see that. I can see that throughout my entire life from grade school to now, you know, in all the different phases. Yeah. And so therefore it's like just such a vital part in the reinvention process. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and to your point, it is a choice. Like if, if you're exactly where you want to be and everything's perfect, don't, don't do it. You don't have to, mm -hmm. it's, it's not necessary, but if, if you want to be more in alignment, if you want to plus up your performance, your relationships, even find more joy and happiness, you have that choice to be able to step into it, to have the, the courage to go through the grief and make the commitments and do all the things that are necessary to let go of the past and step into your purpose. I think that's how I want to say it, although it sounds a little bit cliche, but I think that's real. No, I think that's great. Let go of the past and step into your purpose. Beautiful. Yeah, I'm into it. All right, ready for step number seven? Yeah, final step? Final step. All right, let's go. Humor. Nice. Step step number seven is humor. Like, you got to have a sense of humor about all of it. About all of it. All of it, the way that I've been in the past. Oh, look at that guy. He was, wow. Just look at him fucking up. Watch him trip here. Watch him trip over there. Yeah. Watch all this calamity that he caused. You know, uh, you have to have like humor. You have to be willing to just not take yourself so seriously and be willing to also be light about stuff and make fun of stuff. Yeah. Because that's really, otherwise this all becomes way too serious, way too fast. And then it gets sad in the wrong way. Cause you know, I think to your point to, to, to like why hunt discomfort and all of that, like, mm. you know what life is suffering and we're going to be sad no matter what we are. You can try and avoid it as much as you want. And then when it hits you, it's going to hit you like a ton of bricks yep. and it's going to incapacitate you and it's going to suck. Or you can go out and seek it out. You can seek out that grieving. You know, you can actively hunt discomfort so that you're being an active participant in your own healing process. Yep. And so much of that is having a sense of humor. Like, okay, well, I don't really, I mean, I don't know <laughs> how this is going to go, but I'm giving it a shot. All right. I'm giving it my, my best foot forward here and fucking hoping that it, that it goes well. Yeah. And if it doesn't, that's okay too. I'll just get up again and try again. Yeah. I mean, oftentimes people will be like, Sterling, look at my, business, my relationships, my bank account, my family. I don't need to hunt discomfort. I'm surrounded by it. And my answer is always the mm -hmm. same. You're not hunting yeah. discomfort. You're placating. Mm -hmm. You're coming up with all the reasons that you have it. If you're hunting discomfort, you're getting to the core of discomfort and you're breaking free from it. 
you know, hunting yeah. discomfort is about living a free life. And to your point, the ability to have some levity about that gives you, um, it's almost like it lets you let go of those things that are holding you back. No longer are you mm-hmm. crippled by all of the feeling bad and the wrongdoings and wishing it was another way. It, it lets you transcend it in a way to move beyond it. And, you know, I kind of have been through this step personally because I talk a lot about my hard times and there are aspects of it that bring tears to my eyes and it's painful to share and talk about. And there are certain parts of that that I'll share and talk about and I'll laugh because it was like playing out a sad country song of a story. Where, you know, all this debt and girlfriend breaks up with me and I move into my parents' house and I can look at that and recognize all the pain, all the heartbreak, all the anguish and all the suffering. And at the same time, I can look at it and be like, man, wow, that's a rough story. And it's it's kind of funny, right? Like there's a funny aspect to it. And I think when you're able to laugh, it means you've transcended the thing. It means that you've actually done all of your other six steps. You've healed whatever it is. And now you're bigger than it. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. And it's interesting, you know, uh, uh, going back to my father for a second, there was a period of time, uh, this won't surprise you, I don't think, where I was just super, super serious about everything and, and like way too serious. I know it's, it's hard to imagine because I'm fucking a joker. You know what I mean? But there was that, that period in life. And, um, my dad gave me a watch Mm. that had a jester in the middle of it. Mm -hmm. And around the edge of it, it said, life's too mysterious. Don't take it serious. And it was one of those gifts where I was just like, Oh, that's cool. You know, and I wore it cause my dad gave it to me, but like, you know, years later reflecting back on it and reflecting back on it now, I'm just like, wow, that's so, uh, uh, you know, salient of my father. What a beautiful thing that he has given me that gift of this idea, you know, life's too mysterious. Don't take it serious. So, yeah, it, there was a point when my grandmother passed away years ago where I felt like I couldn't be happy. Like without her, I I needed to be stoic and serious and not uh, like remember all the real incredible times that I had with her. And, you know, it, it took several years, but I started to come to terms with like, she would want me to be happy. Like, what am I doing? Why am I sinking into all this misery? Like she wants the greatest for me. And she always said yeah. as much. Uh, but it, but it does take some work to get there. It takes some work to get to that point of levity. And, you know, I, I think levity is what helps us change in some ways, like bring some light yeah. to the darkness. I think it's incredibly important. That's why I so appreciate some of the comedy that you share. Like it's, it's critical that we can laugh about some of these things or it becomes way too painful to bear. Yeah, absolutely. It's such good medicine. And it's such good medicine and it doesn't really, you know, just, uh, you know, for me anyway, it just requires, I just need to like tune into that space of like being, being a joker, you know, like looking at my own gesture, like how do I poke fun in this? And there's like a, uh, there's a vibration that you get into, you know what I mean? A frequency that you're making that is of levity where I'm just allowing myself to laugh at myself. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) which is ridiculous, but really there, there is, you know, I, I had a, um, 
I had a teacher at the the Groundlings, which is a, a improv troupe in uh, in Los Angeles, which a lot of the cats from Saturday Night Live went through. Uh, Will Ferrell and uh, you know, yeah, Amy Poehler, whatever. Like what? Over half of them yeah. went through Groundlings, and I had a teacher um, that there that was like, you just need to get in touch with your like inner German boy who just wants to like laugh mm-hmm. and be a joker. By the way, he was black. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know why I was an inner German boy for him. Uh, I thought that was hilarious. But it's right. There's like this little boy that wants to have fun. You know, he's inside of you all the time. You just have to get in touch with him. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's just something about that willingness to bring levity to it, particularly when it just seems so serious and dark and like, you know. Yeah. Um, and there, there's also something. There's something about that being able to be humorous and light that also brings us present makes us realize that here we are and we've served, you know, we've survived all that s- stuff from the past. And here we are now we're, we're, what are we doing? We're, we're really making good on our commitments. We're really like recreating ourselves and reinventing ourselves. And yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, it's a key ingredient. Yeah. Yeah. Something that I always come back to is the fact that tomorrow is not promised to any of us at any level. Like nothing, no matter how many predictions we have about stock prices and traffic reports and the weather, you don't know what the next day, not to mention the next hour, next minute will bring. We get to have all of these experiences. And I think at a fundamental, there's at least a glimmer of joy in that. There's a glimmer yeah. of, of levity and happiness of, yeah, this may suck, but I get to mm-hmm. have it. And it's really yeah. deep, but it's there. And, you know, I, I think to what you're saying earlier, this is not like a one and done process. You've got to move through these things on a consistent basis and mm-hmm. to keep up with the pace of change around us, especially these days. I think all the time, but especially these days, we need to be moving through these things on a regular basis to let go of what's not working and reinventing for what's next. And if we do it consistently, in small and medium ways, we don't have to have the major breakdowns like myself and and many others. We can continually reinvent in smaller ways over time. Not only do we get better at it, but it's much easier that way too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, that's great. I mean, you know, and I've, I've said this, I think, on all of the podcasts that we've done, yeah, you know, I'd rather take my pain up front, <laughs> hunt that discomfort, man. Yeah, yeah, uh, and be and be willing. So, is there anything else that's burning for you about the process of reinvention that maybe we haven't covered that people could could um, could find something in? Uh, well, there's a quote that my mom said when I was younger and my mom says some crazy things. Like she's got these sayings. I don't know where she's gotten them. She says things like it's cheaper to milk a cow than buy one. And I'm like, what are you talking about? (laughs) You know, or don't take any wooden nickels. And I'm like, I, I don't even know what a wooden nickel is, but there are these gems that come through. (laughs) It's the one that's really stuck with me more than anything is that the way out is through. Mm-hmm. We've got to go yeah. go through the challenge, the pain, the darkness, the embarrassment, whatever it is. And what we're seeking for is on the other side. We can't avoid it. We can't deny it. We can't just buckle down and survive something. You know, we might need to deploy some of those strategies, but long term, the way out is always through. 
and mm-hmm. you know here's to continuing to go through together so thank you yeah. yeah that's great that's really great the way out is through you know and i i think um something else that i wanted to say about reinvention mm-hmm. is you know, I think I and probably everyone else, you know, you look at the title of a podcast that's on on reinvention, yeah. right? Part one, part two, whatever. Yep. Okay. Uh, uh, you look at that and you're like, yeah, I want, I definitely want to reinvent. I want to do that, man. I want to go to the gym and I want to be buff and mm-hmm. I want to do it, man. I want to, you know, be in a good relationship or whatever yeah. you want, yep. right? Um uh, you you look at that and and there's part of you that's just like yeah I want that I want that car you know I want that new car that's just I'm just gonna get the car the car is just gonna show up and then I will have the car and I'll drive the Porsche away and I'll be like this is an amazing car uh, and but the reality is in order to get the car or the thing that you want, you have to go through all of the gnarly nastiness that it takes to really earn that car, right? Earn that new version of yourself, right? If, if, if I am a car and I've been, you know, I've been like an old, like a fucking 72, you know, uh, a station wagon. All right. With wood paneling that I grew up with, you know what I mean? And then I want to like be a, a, you know, a Ferrari or a Porsche. Well, then I have to like do all of the things of like looking at the, I have to deconstruct the station wagon so that I can, you know, uh, put together the the Porsche because everybody knows you can create a Porsche out of a station wagon. I mean, I think that's common knowledge, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, it, and I think that the metaphor really fell apart there. Didn't it? But, it, but it's a, a really smart point like it's not just thinking about what it is we want to achieve it's thinking about Mm -hmm. what we have to give up as part of that process you know like what do we need to give up to get up to that next level right exactly yeah exactly and i think that the you know the notion you know i really wish on some level on some level, I really wish that it was that easy. I could just snap my fingers and drive the Porsche or snap my fingers and, you like and me both be performing in front of like, you know, thousands of people. Right. Or snap my fingers and be in this great movie. You know, yeah. it's boy, it's gee, it's not like that. Or snap my fingers and have this great music video. Right. No, it's not like that. There's a lot of steps, a lot of thought, a lot of things that I don't really want to deal with yeah. that I really don't want to deal with at all. Yeah, totally. <laughs> that I have to go through to get to that point. And so just acknowledging that, like, it's going to be challenging you know that it's going to be that it's not going to be pretty it's not going to be immediate that there's going to be a lot of sacrifice um to get there that's good preparation for going through the process of reinvention yeah and i think about everything that we've talked about here i think is a little bit like gravity like you can fight it you can reject it you can deny it but you're still subject to it And I'm not saying what we've talked about here is the solution to all the world's problems, but I think directionally, some of these things are just undeniable truths of human existence. And we can Mm -hmm. either accept those things and use them to grow or fight them. I I think at our own peril. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's where, uh, you know, what you resist persists, right? As you were saying earlier, that's just, 
Godzilla, we're just going to keep going down that same road, that same alleyway. And fine, if you want to do that. By the way, like full compassion for anybody doing anything, yep. you know, uh, uh, like really, really. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, obviously there is part of you that does want to reinvent yourself. And so that's going to, you know, you're looking at what it's really going to take. Um, and, you know, to, to that point as well, I want you to know out there in podcast land, you know, that I'm here for you you know, that I love you. And I'm really, I do. First of all, you took the time to listen to my voice for this long and my friend. (laughs) Um, But really like, I love you because I choose to come from love because I don't know what the hell's going on. I don't know what this mystery is all about ultimately. And and neither do you. And here we are together doing it, you know, uh, floating through the mystery of creation and trying to figure it out and be good people and live a good life. And, uh, you know, so I, I just want you to know, like really honestly, from my heart to yours, like I really appreciate you. I love you and whoever it is that you want to be and why ever it is that you want to be that person. I really want you to know that even though we might not have direct contact, I love you and I feel you and I'm, I got your back and I really do. I really got your back. It's beautiful. Um, yeah. And, and by the way, you know, one of the ways, if you want to get more intimately involved with me and, and this podcast, go to lunacycommunity.com, sign up, create a profile, start posting you know, start posting. You can even post what's great about it is like, there's a whole section. You can go to each podcast and you could post about that section, that podcast and be like, Oh, this is what I got out of this podcast. Or this had me think these things and do these, take these actions and like really become part of the community and the dialogue. And then who knows what we can create. Um, there'll also be ways to connect with Sterling there directly and indirectly and, uh, look at his offerings and what he's up to. So that's like a really great, great way to stay connected. Um, okay. With that, it's time for the physical transformation. You ready? I've been waiting for this part. I'm ready. Okay. So obviously one of the easiest ways to reinvent oneself is to change your appearance. And that can look like going to the gym, um, on a daily basis, dieting, diet and exercise, really like getting in shape and being healthy and like having that commitment and going after that. And then by the way, forgiving yourself when you don't go to the gym, you know, and mm. like, that's part of the, you know, going back to the forgiveness. That's why it's so important. It's like, I gotta, if I make this commitment and I don't meet it every day, uh, you know, I gotta forgive myself. Okay. I didn't go to the gym on Tuesday. Like I said, I was going to do, I forgive myself for not going to the gym and I commit to going to the gym tomorrow. And then just doing that, right? right? There's a whole process of of forgiveness. Um uh and obviously one of the ways is uh is changing your your physical appearance uh like your hair. Now if you're watching this on YouTube, you'll notice that I've I've grown this quite fine beard uh which features features some some red um a little bit of white that I added myself. All right. I added this in Okay, that's not true. God put it in there. Do you know what I mean? This is evidence <laughs> evidence of my years of experience. Um, and it doesn't really work for me to have it uh, in the music video that I'm about to shoot because it doesn't really match the kind of branding. So you're going to get to see me totally transform this beard and see what I look like uh, after I've done it. And while I'm doing that, Sterling's going to spout some wisdom ready you get a little bowl there and everything huh i got a bowl i got the clippers 
Yeah, I, I think that's my least favorite part about shaving is trying to collect all the hair that, well, in my case, is all over the sink, but I never, I, well, I shouldn't say I never, I don't think I've shaved in seven, eight years, something like that, which is wild. But you trim. I trim. Trimmer. I trim uh-huh. once a week, every couple of weeks, something like that. But, you know, just to get a little philosophical while you're trimming the hair off your face. Yeah, I, I think there's this interesting dynamic between like changing the outside and letting that start to permeate your inside versus changing something inside and, and having it come outside. There's this dynamic where they they both influence each other. And it's not like one's the right way and one's the wrong way. Or you have to do inside first or outside first. I think what's most important is the intent of I'm looking to reinvent. I'm looking to grow. Oh, there you go. You're going to do a little goatee look? Yeah. You got the goatee? Ready? Say goodbye to the goatee, people. Goatee is going. Goatee is going. Um, you know, it's the intent that's important. And then it's just a series of experiments. Like what works for you? Do you respond best to changing things on the outside and then kind of coming to terms with that internally? Or do you like to do some of the internal work first and let that manifest on the outside? And for me, I do a little bit of both. Like I'll, I'll start some internal work and then I'll find that I need, I need to be provoked externally. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, and other times I feel like I need to be a little more secluded and come back and you know, it's time for reflection. So, you know, intense, important, and how you get there, either way. Looking good. There you Fresh. Go. That's the beginning. Fresh. I'm not quite done yet. I got to shave the rest of it while we while we talk more. Wow, really I mean, that's really... There. Yeah, I really do. I, I thought it through. It's been hiding, this whole thing. So I just... If you're listening and you can't watch on the podcast, I had clippers and a bowl to keep the hair in the bowl. Um, don't piss off your wife <clears throat> and, uh, and yeah. you know, easy cleanup. And then I had another bowl with water and then I have some shaving cream and I trimmed it first. Cause as anyone knows, if you try to just shave your beard, uh, <laughs> straight up, it's bad news. Yeah. So now we're shaving, you know, it- but yeah, that's really, I think that's really great. What, what you're saying, you know, is it's like part of us, you know, you can one really easy way to start your transformation, to start your reinvention is to change your appearance, whether it's a, a haircut, uh, a beard trim, uh, you know, new outfit, anything like that new outfit. Yeah, exactly. New style. Um, I know that's, that's one of my favorite things. And actually one of the things that I love most about shaving is it really does affect my perspective, like a fresh, a clean, close new shave. Mm. It just makes me feel like, okay, I'm, I'm moving into the world fresh. Um, and, and also it's a, it's a, yeah, a rebirth. Exactly. Yeah. And there's also part of it that's a commitment to transforming and changing and being flexible. Right. Yeah. In, yeah, I, I think it, it goes beyond just what you physically look like. I think it can be some of the things that you're doing as well. You know, one of the tools that I use when I'm looking to grow in some capacity is just do something that I have never done before, specifically something I might be a little bit uncomfortable with. You know, years ago when I lived in Los Angeles, I went through this phase. I don't know if you know this or not, 
But I went through this phase where I took at least one dance class of every single different kind of dance that I could find. Oh, wow. And I'm, I'm, did you do hip hop? I did hip hop. I did at least three classes of hip hop. Yeah. Wow. Um, and I'm not a terrible dancer, but I'm certainly not a good dancer. Some of the um, kinds of dance were much easier for me than others, and they all made me a little bit uncomfortable. But that was enough to kind of provoke some change of getting comfortable with the uncomfortable, hunting discomfort and kind of then settling in with, well, why did I feel uncomfortable with that? Like, who, who am I now on the other side of that? And that's just, you know, a small example of little things we can do along the way to help us reinvent. Yeah. And I think what's, what's really beautiful about that is like, you know, before, I mean, that's, you could argue that that's part of your reinvention, yeah. the willingness to, to go out and do dancing that you've never done before. But it's also like the experimentation to see what it is that you really want. Yeah. You know, the willingness to try a bunch of different stuff so that you can get down to the point where you're like, okay, do I really want to be a ballroom dancer or like a hip hop dancer? Or, you know, is this just part of the process for me? <laughs> and that's something that's really beautiful. And I think also. <laughs> yeah. Are you looking at, at, the, at yourself on screen, by the way? Or are you doing this? Oh, without? yeah. This is the perfect. Scenario. Oh, okay. I'm like, wow, you're doing really well. <laughs> no, this is the perfect scenario because I'm looking at myself anyway yeah. in the Riverside app. Uh, uh, what was I saying? Yeah, sorry to cut you uh, off. No, that's okay. But also the the whole thing about it is like you know you're you're experimenting with who you are and you're putting yourself into a space of discovery. Yeah, you know you're trying something new because you're because you want to discover something new and you want to discover who it is that I want to invent myself as and who it is that I want to be in the future and allowing yourself to do those things. Like you said, that you're not good at, you know, that you don't, that's not your strength, you know? Um, That's beautiful. Yeah. You know, when we are in that space of discovery, that space of the unknown of like not being quite sure about something, when we embrace Mm -hmm. that research out of Yale shows that we're primed to learn up to four times faster. You know, we are, biologically predisposed to use struggle and challenges and the unknown as the pathway forward. It just takes embracing those things, not pushing them away, but really stepping into it. You know, the adrenaline coursing through your body or your heart rate increasing or your palms getting a little sweaty, like whatever that is, when you're in those moments, if you really step into it, you're, you've got a biohack to be better, faster, and smarter right out of the gate. You're ready to grow. You're ready to reinvent. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. You ready for the, the full, big reveal? The full Monty, the big reveal. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, and the hair. And the hair. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Music video ready. I thought it through. Music video ready. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's really, you know, interestingly, you know, looking at myself because I've been watching myself while we've been doing this podcast, or at least out of the corner of my eye, I can see myself because that's the way Riverside works. Yeah. Um, You know, I look vastly different than I did at the beginning where I had the beard and my hair was back in a ponytail. Now it's down. You know what I mean? Now I'm ready to potty. All right. Bring the potty on, you guys. Let's go. Or it's just a different version of myself. Um, 
maybe uh maybe a younger look for sure for me without the gray beard um maybe a, a more free version of myself you know with the hair down um but it's it's you know i i wanted to do this on the podcast because i wanted to demonstrate and i wanted to see actually how i feel without the beard because i've been wearing the beard now for um uh, like a couple months oh wow uh and and I and it had been a long time since I had I had worn a beard that long. I was really getting into it and like kind of the wisdom. There is something kind of more sensitive about carrying a beard, which I, I like to think has something to do with, you know, you've got all these hair follicles that are increasing your amount of stimulation and you know, your little extra antenna that are growing out so that you can you can be more wary of danger coming at you. Um Yeah. But this feels very clean and like fresh and like new start and like ready to go. And uh, I look at myself with the with you know with the hair down and the and the beard gone, and I'm like, okay, I like this guy. I like this other guy. You know, it's like a new, different me. Reinvented uh, right here. Reinvented right before your eyes, people. Totally different look, different guy. Yeah, yeah. And so, first of all, I just want to go over. Uh, at the end of this two-part episode, I want to go over the steps, right? And we could say a little something about each of them. Number one is forgiveness, releasing attachments, being willing to forgive yourself and release the attachments to the ways of being that you've had in the past that don't serve you. Yeah. Can't change anything until we accept it. Mm-hmm. And number two, grieving, being willing to grieve the way that we've been being like that we haven't been the way that we've wanted to be and also grieving the person that we have been even though we didn't like that person because that person served us in a way acknowledging that that person the person that we've been has served us yeah you gotta grieve the ashes before the phoenix can rise exactly uh number three acceptance you know we have to accept ourselves which is part of the forgiveness process as well. Accept ourselves for who we are, who we're not, how we've been, how we want to be. Just really come to a place of acceptance. Like it's okay that I am the way that I am. And really part of acceptance is self-love, being willing to love myself regardless of how I've been and how I've judged myself in the past. Yeah. And being vulnerable enough to share with others, to allow their acceptance of you when maybe you don't have it yourself. That's great. And asking for that yeah. too, requesting it. Yeah. It's like when you need a shoulder to lean on, spit it out, man. Don't be shy. Yeah. Say what you want. You know, you want to be acknowledged for something, say that you want to be acknowledged for something. I'm a big proponent of like, if you ask for inside you're harboring, like I really wanted to be acknowledged for this, particularly in partnership, ask for it. You know, yep. and that's part of acceptance. I accept that I need this. I'm going to ask for it. Yep. Number four is courage, acknowledging fear and acting anyway. Yeah. Being willing to go for it, regardless of whether or not you want to. Real courage and using commitment as a tool to help you grow and the courage to share with others what it is that you're committed to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Number five, accountability creating an accountability group of people tattooing yourself with what you want to do saying to a group of people not just one person this is what i want to do this is what i'm committed to please hold me accountable and please be ruthless with me in my accountability and also have compassion and love for me but like i'm asking you to help me get there yeah and when we have it 
we're more likely to get our results by 95%. Self-accountability is great, but if you're looking to grow, you're looking to reinvent, external accountability is where it's at. Yeah, absolutely. Number six, purpose. Getting clear on your why. Why do you want this? Why be the you that you want to be? You know, super important. And that's something that can transform over time. And it's something that really is an endless goldmine for how to live this life. Yeah. And I think importantly, like we talked about is purpose that transcends the tactic, a a human concern that you hold as most important that gives you the ability to reinvent over time because you've got the purpose and the how can shift. Yeah. And that's so great because also the tactic might fail. That doesn't mean you're a failure. Exactly. Exactly. The purpose rules. The purpose lives on. Exactly. And then finally, humor. Having a fucking sense of humor about yourself. You know what I mean? Just being willing to joke about it. All right. Not taking yourself too serious. Very critical. Yeah. Not sinking into the morality of a situation. You know, dealing with the pain, dealing with the discomfort, but ultimately breaking free of it. Yeah, exactly. And then finally, I'll end where we started, which was the definition of reinvention. Uh, according to Jeff Ado. <laughs> He reinvented it. <laughs> oh, God. Can't stand myself. Um, uh, reinvention, releasing habits, stories, traumas, and damaging ways of being so that you can live life to the fullest and be the you you've always dreamed of being. Beautiful. Awesome. I think we did it. Here's the reinvention. Yeah, I think we did it. Here's to reinvention. And listen, to all of you out there, thank you so much for listening. Uh, Sterling, I want to acknowledge you for being uh, a great friend to me, um, an ally in this transformational work, somebody who's fully committed to helping transform the planet, helping people get what they want in life in a good way, walking the good path, you know, walking in the beauty way, if you will. Yeah. Uh, and, And really pursuing that above, you know, you could have gone back to, being the wolf of wall street and, you know, throwing little people at the, at the targets or whatever, which you didn't actually do, but you know what I'm saying? You could have been doing that, that stuff. Yeah. And instead you turned your life to, to really work and to empower people. I really want to acknowledge you for that. Thank you. And, and thank you for doing the work and sharing it with everybody on, on this podcast and everywhere else you show up. It, it really does make a difference. Awesome. All right. Great. If you guys want to support this, yeah. If you want to support this podcast, you can go to patreon.com backslash lunacy podcast. Uh, please go to lunacy community, sign up, create a profile. Look forward to seeing you there and uh, we'll see you next week. Much love.